Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles, including Tyler's weekly articles, all on Fantasy uh, Basketball Weekly Previews.com. That's not, the, that's not the name of the site. Tyler, I've screwed it up. It's hashtag basketball.com. Go check it out. You guys know that already. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. Screwing up the intro for the first time in a very long time. And my co-host, who did uh, what he needed to do, uh, one of the shadiest GMs in the fantasy basketball game, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Mike, you act like I had any say in that. That was just Fantrax doing Fantrax's thing. I had zero say in any of that process, other mm. than to make your third-place matchup which I had to do. Listen, I, I don't want to call shenanigans. I don't want to say there should be a recount. Uh, I don't, I don't want to uh, sully the, uh, the integrity of the game, but the, the epic two-week matchup for the Dynasty Listener League between uh, Tyler and I came down to a 4-4 four to four tie, um, even though throughout the entire process of setting this league up, I demanded that there be turnovers and this be a true nine cat league, but uh, it came down to a four four tie. And due to a um, a setting that uh, Tyler alleges is a default setting um, with fan tracks, uh, Tyler somehow went uh, forward because allegedly he beat me. I don't really remember you beating me in those other weeks. I, I, I assume I could go look back at it, but I'm not going to. Um, so I want to know what tiebreaker you think you held. I had the best record in the league with 106 wins and you finished 23 and a half games behind me in the regular season. Hmm, that's and, true. That's and true. I beat you in the two matchups we had, 7 to 1 and 5 to 3. That is those are all technically true, but I uh, I won so the what? listener league last year and I think, you know, winner stays. <laughs> oh, respect. You got to you got to beat the champion. Is that the way that works? Winner stays. But when the champion stings all season long that's what happened well this actually this came down uh i'd say pretty close down to the wire and uh i would like to i'd like to give a uh props to the two week um playoff matchup because after week one um and i don't remember who was in the lead after week one but i do remember that like for some reason uh, if there was like an extra, you know, 14 rebounds, which I actually got from um, the most unlikely uh, of players on this team, uh, Frank Kaminsky suddenly started playing. Um, I think I would have won after week one. And uh, I was like, all right, maybe I can compete with Tyler in rebounds. But Tyler has been dominating this league in rebounds. Um, and, uh, on the last night, Kyle Lowry was able to shoot like 57%, which put me up in field goals, but really there was only six steals between the two of us. That was the the real factor here. Yeah. And I mean, it was a close matchup and it got, got a little wild. Um, my team, not the healthiest, your team played well. Um, I actually thought you might win for, for a good while there, but I, I squeaked it out and, and a small victory over you, Michael, a very small victory. Uh, you got barely by 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 the hair of your uh, the hair of your teeth. I think that's a saying. Uh, the skin of your skin of your teeth is a nasty. That's a nasty saying. Why is it nasty? Why well, why'd you say that nasty? It's, na- it's a nasty saying. Like there's no skin on your teeth. That's gross. That's why I think it's a saying. I'm not sure. No, maybe the, maybe there was so much plaque back in the day that they thought it was skin. They're like, oh, there's a lot of skin on my teeth. I got barely got by. That is even more disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the – that? you're right. That is that is even more disgusting. I mean, have you seen these photos of, of the of the 1800s, the, the, the state of dental hygiene in the 1800s in England? Like, it's not good. Why in England? Why you got to throw shade on English people? You heard me. Shout out to our uh, English listeners – uh, big fan, big fan of London. Uh, get your shit together, though. You know, uh, get your shit back in the EU and, and stop Brexiting all day. We're, ti- <laughs> we're tired of this shit. We're supposed to be the country falling apart. You can't try to upstage us with your bullshit. Knock it off. 
But Tyler, um, this is really the, uh, you know, the end of the year. Shout out to everybody who did uh, very well in their leagues. Uh, the playoffs are still going on. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, suspicious things uh, that I want to talk about out there. You know, like Zach Levine might be getting shut down. Uh, we're about to hit shutdown season. You, you're here in the air. Anybody with a minor injury is about to get shut down on these on these tanking teams. Um, I don't, you know, Devin Booker doesn't feel like someone who's going to play too many more games. Uh, do you have Do you have any insight on the on the sh- on shutdown season, Tyler? Um, I don't have any any in depth information I can give you here, other than to say um, it's real, but I think it gets overblown in some cases. Like, the, no team's going to shut down everybody, and. It's usually mostly guys either dealing with nagging injuries that they don't want to make worse by playing, right? Like some guys play through nagging injuries and push through to the playoffs. They're going to shut those guys down. And for younger players, you know, there's valuable games to be had, right? The the Mavericks don't really have any reason to shut down someone like Luka Doncic. Sure, he's really the only player they're running out there right now other than, you know, Dirk on his farewell tour, but they're not going to shut him down because he can get valuable experience, you know, leading that team and, you know, getting NBA game reps, which are not easy to come by in the summer, right? No, not at all. I think, you know, I think it's going to be like, that's what you have to pay attention to. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You have to just stay on that Twitter grind, pay attention to the games, see who's playing. Uh, The real key here is uh, guys like David Nawaba are going to play, uh, 30 minutes for the for the Cavs. Uh, you got uh, the Wayne Selden, who uh, got ejected like immediately into this Bulls game tonight, which I thought, or in the third quarter, which was pretty great uh, for like literally doing absolutely nothing. Um, he looked at some guy wrong, and they were just like, "You're out." Yeah, so. Shaq Harrison. Like, there's these guys who maybe they're not super fantasy relevant, but if you know they're going to play 30 some minutes a game. Uh, because people like Zach Levine are out, uh, then then they are they are actually fancy relevant and down the stretch, uh, that is worth putting effort into getting those extra games, extra points, especially in those deeper leagues. Uh, but more importantly, in the roto leagues, catering your final run all the way through the end of the season, making sure you maximize your games played. Everybody, don't screw up and leave a game on the board. Um, even on that last day and make sure you're honing in on the stats that you're going to be able to catch other people in or that, you know, (laughs) stats that people might catch you in. So like all of these things matter, uh, paying attention to, you know, Derek white getting really good minutes uh, here for the Spurs. Um, Who else is out here getting decent minutes to Michael green. Good for him. Shout out to Jermichael Green. And, you know, some of our favorite fantasy sleepers for next year um, close really strong in this period, and we don't really notice sometimes in the sense that, I mean, we notice, like, oh, he had a good game, he had a good game. We don't really notice they string them together till after the season's over, and we're like, hey, man, holy crap, from, like, February 1st on, look how good, you know, Kevin Herter was. Like, she has a lot of times it's rookies. Um it's not always rookies. Sometimes it's just players, you know, kind of finding their own. Um, yeah, and then we'll we'll have we'll have some crazy games down the stretch. The Andre Ingram game from last year. Yeah, um, fans will remember that. We'll have a few of those, and I I always get a little pumped for those. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, some of those are gonna come out of nowhere. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no way you can guess uh, a game like that. I I, I don't think, but. Um... There's, uh, it's good to pay attention no matter whether you're in it, you're out of it. You got, you can always start prepping for next year. And uh, what we're gonna do is start talking about the year in recap. We're gonna, we're gonna look back at the year that was, the season that was, uh, and then as we get into March Madness, where Tyler is gonna be able to uh, help you figure out what teams you should be watching as uh, going in uh, a lot of a good rookie slate of players who will be in the NCAA tournament. And uh, after that, we're going to start looking at the year ahead. It's never too early to start prepping for next season. Uh, tonight, Tyler, though, I, you know, I don't know what came over me. I, I kind of threw this 
topic out kind of randomly a few days ago. Um, something must have got to me, and you'll, you'll probably—I I guarantee you'll hear it. Um, we're going to talk about the most disappointing players of the season. There was quite a few, weren't wasn't there, Tyler? Uh, there always is, and you know maybe we can put this on the table right now. There's a lot of different reasons you can be disappointing, and I'd like to hear what you think your most frustrating reason is, because I'll tell you mine then, and maybe that'll eliminate a player off the board, and we'll both be happy then. Well, so you know, frustrating versus uh, disappointing, I, I think, are two different things. You know, uh, some of these guys who play for trash coaches like Enos Cantor. He was frustrating because, like, he's good. When he plays, he was good. When, um, you know, Miritich was playing and not injured, he was good. And so that was frustrating. But I'm, when I think about disappointing, I'm thinking about a guy that I was like, all right, I'm, I'm using a, a solid draft pick on this guy. I think I got a, either a good pick or a solid pick here. Uh, he's gonna, He's a, a known producer. And um, he's kind of important, you know, high the top half of my draft, uh, usually, not always, uh, who I'm like, yeah, I can rely on this guy. And he's fitting a role that I really, really needed. And then he just comes out and craps the bed, not just for a, me- a week or a month, but just has a bad season. To me, those are the most disappointing players. Um, so for me, the guys that are most disappointing – are the ones like Robert Covington. When they go down with an injury, and I'm like, all right, this injury doesn't sound that bad. They made it seem like he'll be back like in a week, right? What if they, they announced he had, what, a bone bruise? Was that it? That dreaded bone bruise again? Did it get us again? Yeah, the, and, the, the super intense three-month bone bruise, I believe it was. Right, and, and if you go back and, and people can do this, right, like listen to Tibbs's comments when he first – it first happened. He was like – I think Tibbs was still the coach then, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he definitely was. That's how long ago it was. In fact, the last game that Robert Covington played, uh, of course, he played 38 minutes. This was two games uh, after he played 44 minutes. Um, was New Year's Eve. Right, and they made year. it – they made it seem like, oh, he's going to be good in no time. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, Robert Covington's having a fantastic season. In eight category leagues per game, Robert Covington was the 25th ranked player. 25th. So he was awesome. He had 35 games in on a season. You're like, all right, man, I got an awesome player going down the stretch. I am so pumped. And he was, then he was getting well over a block a game. He's getting 1.3 blocks a game. Well, then the week passes and the news got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And now there is literally what less than a month, about a month left in the season. And it doesn't sound like Robert Covington is going to play at all. Like he doesn't sound like he's close. It doesn't, I haven't heard that he's practicing. I haven't heard any good information about this. No, I so, haven't heard a thing for months. Like I, I haven't heard a, a, anything for so long. I legitimately went back out to look to see if he'd played a game. Cause I was like, well, he has to be back by now, right? Like, I just, I just haven't even heard anything. Uh, he must have just slipped right back into the uh, the roster. And uh, no, like I, I assume I, I hadn't looked since the end of February, and uh, he's still out. And there's no news, none. Hey, and you know, there hasn't been any word of him making progress. Uh, our our friend at Number Fire wrote just today. And I'm like, I, I don't understand this. And to me, that's the most disappointing and the most frustrating because you don't see that coming. And there's nothing really you can do about it, obviously. But you don't see it coming, and you just feel like you had a rock-solid player that you were using, 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 using. He went down with an injury. And, like, the Victor Oladipo injury is a little different because you know, okay, he's done. Right? Like, that's his season's over. It's yeah. easy. It's easy to get over that. You just drop him. But you just keep looking at Covington in your injured reserve spot, going, "Dude, are you gonna play? Like, what do you, what do you, what you playing here?" Yeah, it's like I could use those two steals a game going down the stretch. Where are you at? Yep. So those ones are, are maybe my my least favorite. And I just wish people, I wish coaches and and general managers and whoever would just be like, "Listen, he's out for a while." Like you don't even have to say how long. Like at least a he's month. Be out for a while. Yep, like he's he's not coming back anytime soon. That's what I like. That's what I'm hoping for. From going forward, just be like, hey, don't don't count on this guy. He's he's not good. 
Well, that, I think that's super fair. Um, you know, he was a very fr- is a frustrating player to roster uh, this season. Uh, I'm more disappointed. My number one, actually, probably this is my number one disappointment uh, this year because I drafted him in more leagues than I'd care to admit, uh, and that was Chris Middleton. So to me, this is the epitome of a a, a very disappointing player, a player who you've had your eye, you know, this, you know, us, everybody out there, we've been talking about Chris Middleton for, for more than just last year. We've been talking about Middleton for years. He's one of our players. We recommended drafting him. Um, and um, last year he kind of took that uh, solid step towards, um, you know, he's playing high minutes. He was getting good steals. He was shooting 46% uh, for the season. He looked like he was on the up. He was dropping 20 points a game. He finished per game, nine category, 23rd overall last year. Uh, for totals, because he played 82 games, and you can't expect anybody to play 82 games these these days, but he played 82 games last season, 12th overall in nine cat leagues in totals. Chris Middleton. Fantastic year this year. Finally, uh, people who have been playing fantasy basketball – uh, casually are starting to notice Chris Middleton, um, which made him a little bit harder to draft. So you kind of had to pay, you know, regular price for him. And um, I don't really know what to say, what happened with him. He certainly, the minutes were down a little bit, but that is, that is certainly not the factor. He only shot, uh, he shot under 43% this season. His, even his free throw were down about 4%. You know, his steals were down too. And like, that's a big red flag when your steals start dropping. It's funny that he made the all-star team for the first time ever. Yeah, And he probably, now here's where maybe we missed the boat. He played 36 minutes a game last year. And and for two out of three years, he had done that. And even if you look at 2016, 2017, when he only played 30 minutes a game, he had some really high minute totals. Um, he was hurt. That was the year he tore his hamstring, like in the pre, like right before the preseason started, and he missed a ton of games because of that. Um, so the part we we missed, and I don't think anyone could have figured the the change in field goals, and a lot of it had to do with he took more three pointers and he stunk on his two pointers, which that was pretty surprising. Yeah, that's fairly. Um, but the the thing that changed here was right. Coach Bud came in. And that was good for the Bucks as a whole, but yeah. for Middleton, it it really wasn't that great. And we also got a little high on maybe that was his career year. I mean, he did score twenty points a game for the first time ever. He was playing thirty six minutes, um, and maybe we should just be a little bit afraid of a guy who's coming off a season where he played crazy minutes and scored more points than we've ever seen. Um, yeah, I think a, that's a good I, call. I think we're going to see this with a couple guys on the list and I won't name any names because maybe we'll keep them for a little bit, but um, I think there's a lesson to be learned here. Now the steals, I don't know how we could have predicted the steals were going to drop. I mean, he had four seasons in a row where he was basically right around one and a half. So to see them drop to one, I I don't know how anyone could have predicted that. And I think that's certainly the the key here is the, the steals were pretty huge um, of, of a drop that really dropped his value. He was kind of on the top, of the maybe third tier before that plateau area, those two two plateau areas where everybody's kind of pretty similar, and a drop in field goal plus a drop in steal, um, and then you know just just playing uh, you know four five less minutes, that was that was enough you know to get him into that plateau. Currently per game ranked seventy eighth, but um, that is because he had a decent start and he's having a fairly okay finish. There was a period in the middle there where there was almost something with with Coach Bud. There was kind of a bit of a blow up. He sat out a game in December, and everybody was kind of wondering. It was like personal reasons. Nobody really knew why. And then he came back and played really poorly after coming back from whatever whatever he sat out from. And uh, just doesn't see. He has the occasional really good game, but has not recovered. Uh, Chris Middleton. I mean, just kind of crapped on our on our season. And I, I think you pointed out some really good things to. To, to pay attention to when looking at players going into next season. Somebody had a career year, you know, try to understand why he had a career year and uh, and then make your decisions on whether he's going to be. 
uh, a breakout candidate next year. Okay, so Middleton in eight category leagues finished right now, which we're not finished, but right now is 48th on total value. So he did kill you, but it wasn't that bad. I'm going to talk about a guy who absolutely killed you. And this guy was a top 50 pick in most leagues. He went somewhere in that 50 to 60 range, I'm guessing, in your league, even if he wasn't a top 50 pick. That's Gary Harris. Now, Ooh. some people are going to say, oh, he missed a lot of games and he was hurt. He was hurt in, for in a while. Per, per game, per game value, he is 153rd in eight category leagues. 153rd not- isn't even a standard league relevant player in 12 and 10 team leagues. 153rd, that's per game. So that takes out the fact that he missed a bunch of time and he still stinks. Yeah. He- my most disappointing player of the season just in the sense that I was big on Gary Harris. I think Gary Harris had a great season, you know, going into this year. And I was like, oh man, Gary Harris, bigger and better things are going to come. He's young. He's really good. And I mean, the injuries have held him back. Sure. But the 24 year old Gary Harris has just crapped all over our lineup. Well, I I actually want to throw out, that um, you know, I'm not sure Gary Harris ever got healthy this season. So, th- and this might be a good way to look at it with Chris uh, Middleton. He had a career year. Maybe he's reverting back to the mean a little bit. And we always talk about that on the show. Um, even when you not when you just look at a at a hot streak with a player, but you know, look at a player career wise. Uh, they get better certainly, but uh, sometimes they revert back to the mean. And I think Chris Middleton. Being 27, being, going to be 28 next year, um, I'm not expecting him to have that kind of a season he had two years, which will be two seasons ago, last season. But I'm also not expecting him to have as bad of a season as he did this year. Gary Harris, on the other hand, um, young enough, only 24, like you were saying, uh, has steadily improved each year and then fell off the face of the planet this season with multiple injuries consistently throughout the season never really played more than look three seven ten never really played more than 10 games in a row uh other than the start the 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 beginning stretch of the season where he was fine so i still have gary harris on my on my radar for next year uh simply because he's young enough and he actually might be off of people's radars next year because of this disappointing season Oh, definitely when we're going into next season, I am going to be in on Gary Harris. Um, It'll be interesting to see what this Nuggets team looks like. They have a lot of bodies, and Malik Beasley, when Gary Harris went down, Malik Beasley kind of broke out. And, you know, if if Isaiah Thomas sticks around, they could have a a lot of uh, guys that just are pretty deserving of minutes there, which that might be a little bit worrying for us looking forward. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to be in on Harris next year. And if he's outside the top 50, I'm going to be pretty interested just because I think we've seen that he can be a top 50 player. But this year, man, he was disappointing. And like you said, maybe he rushed back a little bit and never really got fully healthy. And that's that's even worse for me. Like if we're talking about fantasy, if you're hurt, I'd kind of rather you just stayed out. Yeah, miss, a, like, miss a month and get come back healthy. Yeah, because I can at least put you on my IR and forget about you for a little bit. Whereas if you play bad, I'm going to probably keep you around thinking you're a top 50 player and then you're just skunking up my lineup. Um, I will say this. I looked at the top 200 in total values in eight category leagues and Gary Harris didn't make the list. So that that's just a real bad season from a guy you were picking, like I said, right around that 50 range. So that was another guy we had uh, kind of pegged out as one of our, uh, kind of favorite players to uh, to sneak in one of those middle rounds. That So here's the other thing, too, that I'd like to say to maybe to close up on Gary Harris. I'm going to be very worried about Gary Harris's health going forward in the sense that, you know, we look at his, per, his games, 55, 76, 57, 67, and now 40. So the most he's going to play is like 60. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's not a strong – I mean, that's one season of over 70 games. That's not great. That's not great at all. No, it's been an injury-plague season for the uh, Nuggets 
with uh, Stephen Willie Barton only playing about 26 games this season. That was also a sad um, affair. And then also I'd say a disappointing player, uh, another Denver Nugget, Jamal Murray. Uh, kind of a, a super young, uh, he's, he's only 22. I think he's barely 22. Um, kind of a, uh, almost like a Gary Harris light who had the potential to uh, kind of grow and assist be the dominant point guard here in Denver and um, just ha- had a really bad shooting season. Didn't uh, really progress too much from his stats uh, last year. His free throws were down. I, th- I feel like free throws might be down across the, across the league. I, I might, I'm going to look into that. Um, but I, I, I'm going to throw a theory out there for you, Tyler. Let me, I want to hear what you have to say about this. Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, you know, Gary Harris got injured. And like you were saying, uh, Monty Morris came in and played. He had a few good games. Malik Beasley came in. He played. He had a few more games. Are the Denver Nuggets like a football team that has a really good offensive line? And it just doesn't matter which running back you throw out there. When you're playing with Jokic, if whatever whatever guard you throw out there, they're going to be fairly good. Well, Jokic takes a little bit of responsibility out of your hands, right? Because he can handle the ball so well and he can do so many things that shouldn't be possible for a man of his size and stature, right? Um, so that that's a that's a possibility. Um I don't know. I don't know that I, I'd hundred percent buy that, but uh, it, I'm it, I'm throwing a flag up on the that's the last football pun uh of the night. Um on the Denver Nuggets next year. I, I I might be a little bit weary of drafting any guards on the Denver Nuggets simply because of this uh of this um this all here. This Jokic phenomenon. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing I'll say about Jamal Murray and maybe something we missed. You know, we saw growth. We saw a lot of growth from that rookie to that sophomore season including he went from 46.6% on his two-pointers to 52.9% or 50.2%, I'm sorry. So he basically jumped a good, you know, percentage there and now he's back down to 45.7%. So I think sometimes, you know, when when a guy makes the leap, we we always want to go with the second season and maybe sometimes that first season had a little more weight in it than we thought it did. Um, so that's always something to watch out for is just getting too hyped on a young guy. And I'll say this, you know, per game value, Jamal Murray finished 73rd in eight category leagues this year. Not terrible. Um, he didn't kill you. And, you know, we were saying the whole preseason about how it was surprising that Murray was getting picked over Harris and Murray was like, you know, in that 40 to 50 range in most leagues. Um, so he didn't kill you, kill you. Right. I mean, he lost like two or three rounds of value but it wasn't like he was outside the top 100 like Gary Harris. Um, and on totals, he actually is all right because he played. You know what I mean? Like he he got a good amount of games. 78th in totals. It wasn't like he killed you there either. So um, Jamal Murray was definitely disappointing. We thought maybe there was going to be another step forward, and we really just didn't see that. Um, so I'm with you on that one. Yeah, um, it's disappointing I, to me for sure because I uh, I thought he'd be a pretty good uh, pickup in I, and I I didn't understand uh, Murray going over Harris in a lot of leagues and most leagues I was in I, it was the other way around but this is strange this is a strange uh, uptick for him going into this season a bit of a strange phenomenon bit of a strange phenomenon I'm with you there um, and let's let's just bleed right into another young guy that. You know, the same thing kind of happened as Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I think this was the big uh, name, the everybody's uh, sleeper. This was a guy who we saw going in the second round in, in some drafts, which we, we laughed right out of the room. Um, we reiterated that last season, it's not like he came on out of nowhere in the second half. He was starting from the beginning of the season. He was playing 33, 34 minutes a game. Uh, almost from the get-go, so it was like, well, where could he po- where where could he possibly improve? And we went through it, and we're like, there's not a ton of places where he could make a huge leap. So be wary of him. But he actually did worse than I think we we even had him ranked. 
And here's the crazy part. He's actually better. If you look at his stats, he's better in almost every category but his percentages. He shot more, and that wasn't good for him because he's not a great efficiency player. But he averaged 23.5 points. We only averaged 20.5 as a rookie. He averaged more blocks. He averaged the exact same steals. He averaged more rebounds. He averaged more assists. But, uh, I mean, you're you're 100% right about all that. But I think what people thought was going to happen was a uh, a giant leap. And, uh, and a I, giant I, leap I, in efficiency. And that's the thing I think you, yeah. you and I said the whole season is like, this isn't a super efficient guy. He's just not. He shot 34% on his three-pointers. He's going to shoot a lot of threes. Like, he's never going to be a super efficient player. So he ranked 44th per game, which was – a similar spot to where he ranked as a rookie. I just think, you know, jumping this guy into the top 20 or 25, which some people will do because he's only 23 next year is again, going to be a mistake. And Hey, he was fantastic. Uh, last season. He's also really fun to watch this season too. He, over the last month, he's almost scoring 30 points a game. He's great. He's hitting a ton of threes. He's good for those stats. Uh, if you, if you're in nine cats, if you care about the uh, percentages though, He's uh, definitely regressed because he's taking on more of a workload, which is exactly what we said. And it's actually exactly what we thought would happen. His turnovers are up as well due to that. And But, you know, the assists are up a little a little bit. So that helps. But we looked at what his per game was last season, 54 uh, per game. His totals, 41st in nine-cat leagues. And we just said, well, how could he get any better than this? And the answer was probably not much better. And, and, and then, he's actually regressed. He's currently 71 per, uh, per game, and in totals he is 64. And I think this is crazy, but I think I said this to you. Like, how many shots can he take a game? Like, he can't take much more than 20. He's yeah. taken 20. Like, he did exactly – I mean, I think if you listen back to that thing that I said at the beginning of the season, I th- I think it might be 100% on. Like, we, we saw this coming. Um, this is one of our better – picks here you know what i mean like we knew he was not gonna reach those levels like the thing he's gonna have to do to reach the levels where people were taking him this year is shoot like 46 or 47 percent from the field yeah i I don't know that that's possible for him i don't think he's gonna suddenly become a uh you know a steph curry or chris paul type of scorer like i just don't think the fish he, he he's more of a kobe and you know Kobe took a lot of shots, and hell, hell, Kobe uh, scored more efficiently. I, I think it's at some points in his career, anyway. Well, and, and Kobe did a lot more assisting and rebounding, right? Like he wasn't averaging four and four. Um, yeah, and, and and the game was a lot different then. I mean, it just was. Yes, it certainly was. You have to be kind of all around good to to be a top tier, to be a second round or even a third round player um in 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 fantasy basketball and i don't i don't think donovan mitchell even with all the good scoring even with the 28 points uh across the board i i don't think he'll um i think his ceiling is probably the third round yeah i'm with you there and i I don't know he's probably i'm guessing he's going to be on my list of guys i'm not picking where he's going again next year because i think people are just they're gonna fall in love with the young he averaged 23 and a half points yep he's gonna take another jump take a huge leap then it's it's probably gonna be very similar that's a good and, and here's the thing like you know i said maybe he could take three more shots a game this year i, I don't know that he can even take three more shots a game next year so <laughs> you know that's that's it's gonna be he's kind of maxed out unless he's gonna increase his efficiency yeah um there's another player that kind of uh, is in that top, um, you know, third round, you know, before the, the beginning of the plateau, the first plateau of players uh, that, you know, you could take in the third, you could take in the fourth, a uh, really uh, versatile player who you have to find the right fit for on your team. And he's fallen off the uh, the table as well. And this actually, you know, goes to back to the point, like when you're doing everything well or you're doing some things and a few things slip, you can fall right out of that. You know, you you have to be elite to stay up in that in that top echelon. I'm talking about Draymond Green. Um, his uh, last two seasons, you know, top thirty guy, who uh, you know you could almost guarantee 
that uh, he was going to be giving you really good uh, steals and blocks and, and shooting at a decent percentage and hitting some threes and, you know, at least scoring double digit points. Uh, I, I know points is not his strong suit. And I think everybody knew that as well, but this season is uh, his shots kind of just disappeared. He, he just forgot to shoot. I think he forgot to shoot. Yeah. He's shooting two. Uh, in fact, down the stretch here, uh, almost three fewer shots than he, he shot last year. He's getting to the line less, which is, you know, whatever you want to take out of that. He's not a good free throw shooter, but he's just not attacking at all. Like if you watch, yeah. the- it's just like everything straight defer. He looks like a different player. He's scared to take three pointers and he's averaging under one, which is, which is a negative, like a, a big man hitting half a three pointer isn't good. Like it's, it's just not good anymore in today's NBA. And also his assists are a little down uh, and, and blocks are down as well. So like he's, he's kind of lost a little bit of a fraction here and there, but then completely lost his shot. And that's dropped him down out of uh, being considered one of those higher end players. Okay. So this is uh, a game that I like to play at this time of year. Where do you pick Draymond next year? Because with this, we d- we didn't really see an injury affecting it. I don't think did did we? Like it's just he no. didn't shoot. Like so, you know, is this the new guy? Are we going to go back to 2017, 2018? Is it going to be somewhere in the middle? And, and where does that put him in the draft ranks? Like you mentioned, he was probably a, a a late second, early third, maybe even slipped to the late third because he doesn't score type player. You know, is he a top 50 player still? Like, we, we can look at the numbers, right, for this yeah. season. You know, in totals, he finished 76th per game. Wasn't a ton better, right? He was 48th per game. So, you know, where where are we going to kind of slot Draymond when we're looking to, yeah. to draft next I'm season? Gonna, I'm going to even throw another number in there. Look at his per 36. Last season, ranked 30th. Uh, this season, ranked 94th. Yeah, right. Like it's just that's a brutal and, drop off. And the per thirty six usually evens that kind of stuff out. So, so here's a question: What other player in the top one hundred averaged under ten points a game? Ooh, like there, uh, there weren't many, right? If we're looking per game, there is literally one hundred. I, I would almost say none. There are one, two. There's five other players who I'm averaged over ten you. points a game, who finished in the top 100 per game. We're looking at, I'm looking at eight cat. Very, sure. very surprised. They were Larry. They were Larry Nance, 78th. Okay. Marcus Smart, 88th. Okay. Ooh, okay. Nick Batum, 89th. That's sad. Mitchell me. Robinson. 96. Okay, that makes sense. And Lonzo Ball, 99. Oh, okay, the trash person. So yeah, that uh, that makes yeah that that makes a lot of sense. And and to have a guy kill you in points is really really hard to do in a roto league. Um, so uh, since I play mostly roto, I'm looking at Draymond's value next year. I, I, I let me answer this question. You still is get Draymond on a different it. team next year? Uh, let's assume he's not. Let's assume DeMarcus Cousins is, though. Okay. I'm fine with this. Or, DeMarcus or, is out. That's what I mean. Or Clay Thompson. Let's, Tom, like, let's, let's take just, KD's out. And, and, and yeah, or, or Durant. Like, whoever. doesn't. I mean, to me, that part, he's got to want to shoot. And I haven't seen that a lot this year. Well, that's kind of where I was going. Is that, like, even if he was on his own team, I'm not really sure I feel terribly confident in, in making that a, a positive. Uh, the guy doesn't shoot. He, he could be a playmaker. Maybe some of his other stats go up. But like to me, this is like I would he, actually what he did last season is peak Draymond. Like that's pretty much the kind of or maybe two seasons ago when he was getting two steals a game. Like uh, that's peak Draymond. And I, I I'm not sure that player at uh, 29 approaching 30 is going to uh, suddenly come back. I would probably consider him. Uh, if he slip, maybe slipping into the fifth round next year. Uh, and here's the other thing: I think him being on another team hurts him because I don't think he gets the amount of assists on another team. Yeah, in the sense that, like, you know, him passing to Curry and Thompson and Durant is getting him a ton of assists. Those guys make shots. If he was on the Bulls, 
unless he was passing it to Larry Markin, I don't think he's going to get too many assists. Yeah, so I, you know that would be worse for me. Man, he's going to be a really hard player for me to pick next year, and I'm going to have to have a really specific build to even entertain the thought inside yeah. the top. 10. Like, if you're going to average seven a game, man, I, I like you said, it almost eliminates you in points. Like, you know, everybody going around that top fifty range is averaging what? Like the the, the low water mark, twenty thirty. Yeah, the low water mark is probably like fifteen. Yeah. So basically, you know, you're getting half as many points from the other, the next worst guy. Like that's just really hard to recover from. Yeah, I completely agree. I I think Draymond's value hurts even worse simply because like he was a specific type of build. So it's like you're only picking him and hopefully getting everything that you you wanted. And if you're not getting everything that you you were expecting from him, he really 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 hurts you. So um, I'm. I didn't really draft him too much this season. I doubt I'm going to draft him very much next season as he seems to be sliding off as he is approaching uh, 30 years old. Uh, Tyler, right. I think you got to talk about your boy. I, I'm going to throw shade on two of my, my boys here okay. um, because I, I just feel like now's the time to do it. Um, come, you know, come clean. You know, the, 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 pour one out. The first of which was probably the lesser of the two disappointing men this year. Um, but another guy who irked me a little bit, and that was Ricky Rubio. Um, oh, slick Rick. Rick. You know, Rick took a step forward in his three-point shooting and his scoring last year. Yeah. And it, it all looks sustainable, right? The Jazz were a similar team. They needed similar things. The um, second half of Ricky Rubio last season gave me hope. I was kind of on the fence with Ricky Rubio, and you pulled me, you pulled me right back off that fence. Uh, and he had a good second half, and so I, I was on board with you this year. But uh, oof, that shooting has just disappeared. Yeah, um, and he dropped back to just over forty percent, which is difficult. Um, he's eighty second in per game ranking. So another guy who didn't kill you, kill you, right? Like when he played, he was okay. He wasn't great, but he he was. You know, a standard league viable player. He got the assist back up over six, which was something I said he thought he could do. Uh, the steals went down, which didn't help matters any. He lost a little bit in points. He lost some rebounds. Um, moving forward, you know, Rick is a very difficult player to peg. And the minutes dropped again, too. He only played 28.8 minutes a game, which is not something you wanted to see. Um, if he's back on this Jazz team, man. I might be out as far as drafting him goes in the sense that I think he's probably still going to go in that 60, 70 range. And I think he's probably more of an, an eighties player. Um, if he, if he gets a spot though, where he can handle the ball a little more, I don't even know what team that would be because a lot of teams are so locked in at point guard nowadays. Um, Chicago Bulls. Yeah. You know, that, then, you know, we might be having a different discussion and Rick's a tough guy for me to quit, but you know he's going to be 29. We just didn't see a great season, and uh, I can safely say it was definitely disappointing for me, anyways. It's it's sad because like he was such a like coming into the league, it was just like this is going to be so damn exciting to watch this dude do all the stuff that he does, and um, you know he never even turned into a Steve Nash light like like garbage Steve Nash, like he he never even got that far. Um, you know the shot wasn't there um he still gets the assists and steals so like he's not completely fancy irrelevant he still fits a really interesting mold like if you're punting points with draymond like this is a good another player to have on your team um also if you're in a race in a roto league right now like i would want ricky rubio to be boosting my assists or my steals going down the stretch i haven't New life goal, Michael. It's for to be called the garbage Steve Nash. What are you? I'm just the garbage Steve Nash. That would be great. You know how good you have to be to be garbage Steve Nash? You have to be really damn good at basketball. Um, Steve Nash is a fucking legend. He, if he would have shot more, he would have probably been an all-time – considered an all-time great. We would be calling – you know, uh, he's still considered an all-time great. Um, you know, Steph Curry – and, and Steve Nash have a lot more in common than I think people want to give him credit for. Um, so I don't know if you heard this story or not. It, it made the rounds when he was in the inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, 
he used to get fined when he was on the Mavericks for not shooting 10 times a game. That's incredible. So yeah, he's just, he would, he wanted to defer everything, right? Like he wanted to just pass and make plays. And so, yeah, like the, the coach at the time literally fined him every time he didn't take 10 shot attempts a game. I, they should have, should have made it 15. Like the guy could shoot. The guy, really could, damn good. the guy could make everything too. Like he was just, I don't know. He was incredible. He was one of my favorite players to watch ever. Um, so being the garbage, Steve Nash, not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> no, definitely uh, not. All right. So my other guy. Yeah, you got to do it. Jeff Teague. Oh. Uh, and I think maybe I, uh, there's something to learn from, from this one, um, which is maybe why I like it more. So he was 90th per game. He had a very injury plague season, though. So if you're looking at total values, they were pretty garbage. One sixty six. Yeah. I mean, and you, you can throw some up to the uh, you can throw some up to the the uh, injuries for sure. Well, um, and here's the frustrating thing, at least lately, is like it hasn't been like he's out for two weeks. It's like oh, he's got a foot. He missed today. He missed today's game with a foot, and he got this injury and he misses a couple games. Then he comes back and plays a couple, and then he misses a couple more. And that makes it also very challenging to hold on to him. Now, here's the other thing I'll say. If if he qualified for it, he'd be fifth in assists. Average 8.2 a game. Which is one of the big reasons I wanted him at the beginning of the season. If you remember, right, I said, you know, 7.8 and 7 assists the last two seasons. He's going to get you a ton of assists. And from my point guard, you know, 15 points and a ton of assists sounds really, really good. Except for he forgot to score the 15 points, Mike. Mm. And the shot attempts are down. The minutes are down, which we didn't see coming, right? Because it was Tibbs at the beginning of the season, and we're like, oh, man, Tibbs plays it. Here comes Tibbs. It's going to be 36 minutes a game. Right. Everybody 9,000 minutes, and that wasn't happening. And part part of that was because Derrick Rose was playing so well. Um, Shout out Derrick Rose. The steals also dropped. I guess the thing that I'll say about it was maybe at age 30, we should have seen this coming a little bit that, you know, we, we see a lot of guys now drop off a little bit at age 30. Yeah, well, he wasn't like a, 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 a speed type of guy. You know, he was, he, he was a kind of a crafty uh, playmaker. Here's something I didn't know. Derek Rose and Jeff Teague are the same age. Yeah. So I don't know what to say about Jeff Teague for next year. He's going to be 31. It's, ah, to me, it's the my favorite, most disappointing player uh, is Jeff Teague. Your not because, yeah, not he was the most disappointing, or he's no, because he wasn't that disappointing. I'm the happiest that he is was most a, a, a disappointing player this year. I'm he's the only player that I'm probably happy that he was disappointing, and not because he was your guy. Um, I, I I thought he would be a, a fairly good pickup as well in those later rounds. The only reason is because Derrick Rose dropped 50 points in a game this season, and we should all be thankful we were alive to see it. 5-0, Tyler. 5-0. Thank you, Jeff T. Um, yeah, so for next year, I probably won't quit Teague, and I think he's probably going to come at an even better discount next year. Um, if Teague's going in that like 75, 80, 90 range, especially if he's a starting point guard somewhere, um, I'm I'm probably going to be full on board and and a big part of it is going to be again and I, you'll hear me say this probably 50 more times it's the assists man he's going to get he's going to get you assists he's going to assist the ball and he's going to probably be in the top 10 in assists and it's, it's super rare to, it, that's it's super rare to find a guy who gets eight assists now like that's cuz the the ball's moving around it's a better brand of basketball it's a more attractive brand of basketball but what it does is it eliminates that uh traditional point guard role uh, where you're getting 10 12 14 assists a game those guys are just uh not meant for this uh for this league yes i will agree with you there i want to throw a, a couple more guys out there um you know obviously you have your gordon haywards your john walls all these guys who kind of got injured or never came back from injury very well uh but oh. i want to so Wall is out for all of next year, so we don't even really have to hit that. Yeah. I do want to ask you, though. Shout out where... to John Wall being out all next year, baby, because someone's got Bradley Beal on his team. 
Um, yeah, and it's an Achilles, so that could be kind of the end of really productive John Wall too. Yeah, no, I mean I'm not celebrating the end of John Wall. That's that's cruel. I won't do that. But I'm saying Brad Beal is a keeper of mine. But, but here's happy. what I do want to say: what, what do we do with Gordon Hayward going into next year? Because I, I don't, I don't know that we're gonna see much differentness the last twenty games here or so. So what that? What the hell is a Gordon Hayward? Is he the uh, rich man's ch- uh, Chandler Parsons going forward? Ooh. Uh, well, Gordon Hayward's still producing. Rich some- man's. Rich man's. Yeah, he's on the floor. He's playing. This is a guy who, you know, a lot of people thought top 50, top 40, definitely coming up, definitely going to do it. Uh, all around versatile player. Never thought he would be that type of player. And then, uh, you know, lose some athleticism, lose some confidence. Uh, lose a little bit of your shot, and all of a sudden you're at the you know you're out of the fantasy basketball rankings. 134 in per game, so just kind of hanging on that periphery of a, a 10 and a 12 team league. Uh, I'm willing to draft Gordon Hayward if he's hanging around in the later rounds, in kind of one of those last two to three picks, uh, simply because hey, there's a there's an upside there, um, and also it depends on what happens in Boston if he's going to take a, more of a central role there. Because Kyrie's gone, that makes me more interested as well. Yeah, and I mean the Celtics team, you know, is is Anthony Davis going to be there? You know what what's going to happen with that team? Um, that'll be very interesting, and it's hard to say. Um, assuming they run it back, they keep Kyrie. Let's let's just you know spitball. You know they have relatively the same team. Man, I don't know. I don't know where Hayward's even going to be going. I don't know. I'm not going to try to judge the market, but anywhere inside the top 100 it would be hard for me to pick Hayward just in the sense that you know I don't know that he's going to get a ton of minutes and, and minutes are maybe the most important stat in fantasy yeah I know I, if I had to put money on Gordon Hayward next season I think he could he could end up in the top 100 well let's let's face it if he plays like even 30 minutes a game he's gonna do it but just by producing the stat line he was producing He's got to be in the top 100 in like 30 minutes a game. Yeah, like you know, why not? Uh, next game this year, right? Like, really, what he just needs is a few more minutes. He's fine. <laughs> he really didn't play that bad. I mean, he shot poorly from three point, but other than that, like, he didn't play terrible. 44.9 percent from the field. Like, that's not great, but it's not awful. But you've also seen some of those players that uh, have had some of the traumatic leg injuries take a season to get back in. I mean, you know, Paul George came back. He was really good. Better than uh, Gordon Hayward played, but you know, look at Paul George today. Right. Um, so that'll be interesting, and really, that team is what's going to be the most difficult to read. Right. You hear a lot of rumors about what they're going to do, and can they keep Kyrie and this and that and the other thing. So you know that that'll make a big difference too, right? Because you're like you're saying, if he's you know want to be one of the primary ball handlers on that team, or at least it looks that way, I'm definitely back in. Anybody yeah. who's average like five and five, I'm I'm in on, and you know we've seen him do that in the past those are usually your type of players i want to talk about a different gordon i want to talk about aaron gordon for the Orlando magic um a decent season but not not a not a great season with the expectations of a you know 23 year old should have won the dunk contest um we go back on a take that didn't age well yeah feel free um so we had our friend and one of the genuinely most interesting people in the world, Mr. Kyle McEwen on. And Shout out to Kyle. Do you remember our debate we had? Because I'm feeling pretty good about I think I won this one already. I think I got this sewn up. No, I don't, I don't remember this, this Aaron Gordon debate. We had a debate, and he told me I was crazy. I believe that was his exact words. That sounds right. That Al Horford was going to finish ahead of Aaron Gordon. Ooh, Wow. Uh, I do not know where I fell on this uh, on this uh, line. I think I might have let you guys have at it, but uh, there's a decent chance I was on the Aaron Gordon side. I believe you were, Michael. Yeah. And I believe that did not work out well for either yeah. of because Al Horford, 37th in the per-game rankings. Mr. Aaron Gordon, 93rd. You know, never never doubt some of them consistent old-school big men. They, when they fall off, they fall off real hard, but until they fall off, they're always pretty good. 
Um, um, and here's the thing I'll say about Gordon, and, and if you if you want to spitball a little bit, um, go ahead. Just the thing I never believed about Gordon in the first place was he's an inefficient big guy, which I don't love, right? Because I got to get some efficiency somewhere. And, you know, he took a big leap forward in assists, which I didn't think he would do. He actually got up to 3.6. But, you know, when I was looking at this, I'm like, how much better can this guy get? He was already playing 33 minutes. He was already averaging eight rebounds. He was already averaging some good assists. He was already averaging like a steal and point eight blocks. Like I just didn't see a lot of room for growth, and it turned out it wasn't there. Yeah, um, I think you know what I saw was a, a season ago, a a player who was improving uh, from his his rookie season, uh, a player who was hitting more threes, who was working on a shot and hitting more threes, uh, a player who had in, uh, improved though slightly, but improved in steals and blocks from one season to the next, improved in rebounds and assists from one season to the next. And this is, I think, the uh, what always gets me is the um, when you have a snapshot, when you have, like, proof of life, where you're like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on here? The beginning of last season, Aaron Gordon was a monster. He had a couple 40-point uh, games. Uh, he was, you know, getting 10 plus rebounds in a handful of these games. He looked fantastic and it looked like the Orlando magic. And now let's put an asterisk by the, the words that I just said, Orlando magic. Uh, we're going to start running the team around this young, super athletic, very talented guy who could shoot, who, who is, who could shoot threes, spread the floor was a decent ball handler. And um, he kind of pulled up, had a few injuries, uh, never seemed to recover last season. And the theory was like, all right, you saw what? The, the potential is there. It's out there. This season is going to be his breakout season. And it just uh, it just never happened. And I want to go back to that asterisk about the Orlando Magic because the Orlando Magic don't know what the hell they are doing. Uh, I do not see them running this team around uh, Aaron Gordon currently. Uh, maybe they should. His usage is decent, right? But uh, you know, Aaron Gordon's played a a fairly long season. You know, he's played sixty four games this season, and he's played thirty about thirty three, thirty four minutes. And it's just he's good. He's not great. He's a bad free throw shooter. He's not a good not a good field goal. The blocks and steals aren't there. And if the blocks and steals aren't there, if he cannot be a 1-1 and 2 three-point guy, uh, I'm not sure Aaron Gordon is is much more than a late-round pick for hopefully not the rest of his career, but maybe the rest of his career. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, these guys are tough to see where they get better because they can do a lot of stuff. But, you know, does the increase in offense hurt the defense? I think maybe we saw that this year, right? He getting more assists. Um, he's the shot attempts actually went down, but you know maybe doing more playmaking and initiating hurts the defensive stats. I don't know. I just I'm not a huge Aaron Gordon guy, and I think people will be back in because Aaron Gordon's still young. He's only gonna be 24. You know they'll be pushing for him to be a top 50 pick. And I have not lost uh, faith in Aaron Gordon, um, and that's probably going to be my downfall, but. There is this, this one caveat. There's one caveat, though, Tyler. Every, not every single player, but almost a majority of the players who get out of Orlando end up being pretty good. So that is my one card that I'm going to keep. They are great talent evaluators in the draft. They just can't seem to make those talented players any better, or they can never seem to unlock their full potential. I think that's perfectly it. I don't know if there's a lot of basketball IQ running around in that place, making these guys better. Like, you know, they didn't, they couldn't figure out if Aaron Gordon was a three or a four, and I don't think they figured it out yet. What the hell are they doing? So it's modern you, basketball. He's obviously a four. You got that point, but I mean, is he going to get out of Orlando anytime soon? Mm, what's that contract up? Uh, one more year, right? Uh, he just signed a four-year, seventy-six million dollars extension on July. Oh no! So make oh no dollars next season, and he's got three more years after that. Actually, well, $20 this season. I'm sorry. 
on yeah. three more years after it. Orlando has been known to make some really dumb trades. So let's Godspeed, Aaron Gordon. May uh, you leave Orlando and it sink into the ocean along with all the weirdos who live there. Ooh, the shade. It's real. Orlando's uh, a trash hole. I hope all you cool Orlando cats out there get out before it sinks into the ocean. Another guy we nailed. I'll throw one last guy, and I think we nailed, and that's Brandon Ingram. Yeah, we were out on Brandon Ingram. We've been out on Brandon Ingram. A lot of people getting uh, – I think I at least threw him a bone saying, like, hey, you know, LeBron's going to be on the team. Maybe that makes him better. Uh, forgetting my own um, obvious uh, – uh, this, this is not a hot take. This is just a take. Uh, LeBron doesn't really make, uh, you know, decent to good players much better when he shows up. He makes bad players much better. He makes, you know, good players better. But, like, superstars, he doesn't make better. So if, if Brandon Ingram's a superstar, he didn't make him better. Um, I don't think Brandon Ingram's a superstar, though. Like, ugh. like right now he's playing really well, but he's also playing almost, like, 37, 39 minutes a game. So down yeah, the stretch, he's going to have a nice stretch and people are going to draft him high again next year. Season, so we can kill any talk of that. They, yeah. They're... They ruled him out for the season um, with deep venous thrombosis. Which Ooh, I've I, had that before. Uh, that doesn't even sound good. That's out. So he played 52 games this year. We couldn't. That's lie. what they used to call me in high school. Deep venous thrombosis. DVT. They called you DVT. Then. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, so four things, 10 things I'll say here. I don't see really a way that he gets a ton better. Like, unless they're going to, like you said, put the ball in his hands and make him the superstar, like, as a secondary or tertiary. Yeah, unless they make him into, like, skinny Giannis. What, what's going on here with this guy? Like, where, what's, what could he possibly do? Worried about the health because now of his three seasons, it's 79, 59, 52 as far as games played. Like, that's not great. And he shot almost 50%. You know, he's a bad free throw shooter, so that's not getting any better. Nope. Maybe he can get you a steal and a block, and that's what you have to hope for, for his fantasy value to be better. But if he can't do that, like, he ranked 157th per game this season. Like, he's not even really a draftable player to me. And, like, people are going to pick this guy inside the top 100 next year as a 22-year-old. And, I mean, he's played 33 minutes each of the last two seasons and hasn't been a standard league player. So... I'm out. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm a hard out on this guy and I know he's going to be a top 100 pick and there's no way, there's no way I'm going to sniff him in the top 100. No, I'm not, I'm not drafting him in any standard league next year. I, I, I think that's ridiculous. If he was available in the last round, I might be able to find somebody I like better. If Nick Batum and Brandon Ingram are in the last round, where are you going? I'm going Batum. I know you are. I know you are. Um, yeah, we're all we're all out on Brandon Ingram on this show, guys, and I think everybody knows it. And we will not, we'll never change. For the Batum hate, you know that you hear like, "Oh, he's washed, he's done." 89th per game, eight category value, top 90 player, and every year, again. every year, like it's just it's just what he does. And you know, there's a lot of other guys that are young that I'll take the upside shot. Like if I need an upside shot, like if I'm trying to hit a home run my last pick, which is what you should be trying to do in a standard league because the waiver wire is so plentiful, right? Like you should yeah. be trying to get a guy that can actually be a top 50, a top 60, a top 70 player. How does Brandon Ingram do that? That's the only, that's, that's the question I legitimately ask myself during the draft. Like if I'm going to pick a guy with my last pick in a standard 10 or 12 team league, I go, what's this guy's path to being a top 50 player? With some guys, I'm like, all this guy needs is more minutes. That's like, true. Stats are there. All this guy needs to do is actually get the play. Ingram's played 33 minutes the last two years. Ingram just doesn't produce the stats you need. Like, he's not going to hit a bunch of threes. He's a bad three-point shooter. 32.9% for his career. Men is he like yeah. launching 10 threes a game? Like, no, he's not good at it. The minutes are there. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, And I don't see him transforming into the Giannis, like, I'm going to have the ball. And, and Giannis gets a ton of rebounds. Like, he averages five rebounds a game the last two years. Like, like, where does it get better? For me, I just don't see the path in even shooting into that top 100, much less that top 50. Yeah, neither do I. I think that is it for our most disappointing players of the season. Tyler, uh, everybody 
shout out to all you listeners out there, especially our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, we really appreciate you guys' support. You help the show continue to run. If you want to su- uh, subscribe, help the show out, uh, and get first dibs on those listener leagues for next year, or maybe some special content over the summer, um, check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. But if you just like the show, please rate and review us. It really helps people find the show. You can find me on Twitter at watch the boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P Watts. Feel free to hit us up and uh, leave, before, leave us feedback for the show. Before you end, I, I wrote an article near and dear to your heart and I suggest that everyone go read it. It's about the Chicago bulls. Uh, no, it is not. Oh, it's about why Luka Doncic's turnovers do not make any difference. Oh, wow. Hot take. Um, and you can read it at the smoking Cuban. Um, you could just go to my Twitter and it's probably the first thing up there right now. Um, I had some really good points, I think. And there's a lot of points on why his turnovers don't matter, especially because he's a 20, just turned 20 year old rookie. That's a, that's a great call. You know, rookies often turn the ball over quite a bit. And also Uh, like, have you noticed that the, the people, who are in the running for uh, MVP or turn the ball over? Like, ah, Mike, that's a point in there. And another point is, and you have to read the article to kind of get the whole grasp of it. Is if you look at it kind of month by month, they're not really that bad. There's two months that were really bad, and it's the first one and February. And if you know anything about what happened with the Mavericks in February, it was they traded every starter around him. They traded literally all four other starters. So I'd probably turn the ball over a lot too if I didn't know where anyone was going to be on the court when I was trying to pass it to him. Yeah, it's a good call. I go check that out at the Smoking Cuban at Tyler P. Watts. That's it. Everybody, if you're not following Tyler, you're doing it wrong. Um, And I think that's it. For tonight, we will catch you next time. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and have a good one.